It was special this morning to have the children up here and for the parents to dedicate these kids. Some are really, really tiny. It's hard for me to remember when my member. But I did try to take some time this week, just reflect back on that. Mother's Day coming, of course, during the week and, and thinking about our kids and just thinking back when they were in the crib. And I, I, I remember both for Jackie and Jay that I, I'd stand over the crib. It was a fascinating thing just to stand there and watch them sleep. And while they were sleeping, we were dreaming. We were thinking about what are these kids going to grow up to be like? What are they going to look like? How tall will they be? Will they get married? Who will they marry? What kind of job will they have? Will they be really good at sports? Will they be really good in academics? Will they be... You have these dreams. I mean, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Grandparents even. You stand there and you dream and you imagine what this little life is going to be like when this little one grows up to be a big one. Dads and moms have these visions. They have these dreams in mind. But I've lived long enough to know that you never do know what the future is going to bring. Actually, we don't really know what tomorrow is going to bring. Even for that, it can be a total surprise for us. There's a Yiddish expression, and I'm going to try to pronounce it. It's this, massacred. Now, some of you, anybody want to give me a translation? Okay, well, let me give you the translation. The translation is this, man plans and God laughs. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You make the best plans you can, but guys just sit back and going, oh, yeah, well, we'll see. Or, hey, listen, it's not found in the Bible anywhere, but this great philosopher, Mike Tyson, once said this. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And life is kind of like that, right? You've got a plan. You're going along until life punches you in the face. We need to make plans. But when we make our plans, we need to do so knowing with a confident assurance that we don't know the future. We really don't. And things can change in an instant. Tomorrow could be wonderful, tomorrow could be dreadful, or tomorrow could be boring. One thing we know, if tomorrow comes, it's Monday. That's about the extent of it. We know it's Monday if it comes, but we really don't know what that day is going to hold. And many of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have had incredible things that have happened to your life one day that have affected the rest of They may have been disastrous things, but they've impacted your life and they were completely unexpected out of the blue and it knocked you off kilter. It didn't seem to fit anymore. Well, I've titled my message today, TBD, To Be Determined. And I didn't do that because I wasn't going to be prepared for today. I did it intentionally. And I think maybe once we read the scripture, It'll help us to all understand how I would come up with such a crazy title for a message. But before we read the scripture, let's pray and ask God to help us to understand it. Father God, we're going to come to your word now and we're going to open it up and we're going to read it together. And we're going to, and Lord, we thank you for loving us enough to speak into our lives, to challenge us. And so, Lord, we pray that even now you would open our minds, that you would open our ears 
that you would open our hearts so that we might receive what you have to offer. And Lord, we know it's going to be good. We know it's going to feed us. We know it's going to challenge us. We hope it's going to encourage us. But we know that your word does not come back empty. And so fill it in us so that we might be full of Jesus. For we pray it in his name. Amen. All right, let's look at this together. We're going to be in James morning. And as we do, um, I pray that God will just open it up and you'll be able to, to get this into your mind and your heart. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. If you've got your Bibles, we encourage you to open them. If you didn't, we've printed it there on your handout. We will also have it up on the screen so you can follow along with us. But here is the word of the Lord, James chapter 4, verse 13 and following. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him is a sin. All right, let's, let's see what we can get from here. And there's, there's a lot here, but... There there are two truths that I want you to carry home with you that hopefully will help you as you deal with both your present and your future. The first truth is this. We all have a limited amount of time. That should come as no surprise to you. We all have a limited amount of time. A group of of business people who who had a plan. They had a business plan. They said, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we've got a plan. We're going we're to go to a certain city, and we're going to spend about a year there, and we're going to do business, and we're going to turn profit. That's our plan. Now, it sounds kind of vague, but he's just giving an illustration. He's not, giving, he's not saying, well, Bob and Joe and Sarah over here, they're going to do this. He's giving us an illustration, an example of how we often do our own planning in our own lives. Wasn't a bad plan. I mean, it's better than saying, okay, we're going to a certain city. We're going to work there for a year and we're not going to make any money. But they left something out of the plan. Something key, something crucial, something that that James is warning us not to leave out of our plans. And that is, there is no guarantee of next year. There is no guarantee of even tomorrow. He says, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? Think about your life. It's a mist. It's a vapor. It's a puff of smoke. Now, some of you who are younger, you look at me and you see an old guy. Balding, a little pudgy. Eyesight. Well, maybe you don't see all that. But anyway, that's, that's all happening. And you think, my goodness, life seems to go on and on and on and on. And I don't know what it was like. When I was young and I looked at people in their 50s and 60s, I thought, those people are old. They, you know, you, know, you, want, you want to call them Methuselah. They've been around forever. And yet what you learn is that life really does go by a lot faster than you thought. And before you know it, these little babies that you can hold in your arms 
you're not going to be able to hold them anymore. As a matter of fact, they're not going to want to be held. They're going to want to hop up and go. Them up, send them off to school. These little babies, you're going to follow them as they go into their career or they go into college. These little babies are going to walk down the aisle one day and get married. These little babies one day are probably going to have babies of their own. And you're going to turn around and go, wait a minute, I was just a dad and now I'm a granddad. I was just a mom and now I'm a grandma. How did that happen? And how did it happen so quickly? Life is a mist. It's a vapor. Life is brief, far briefer than we imagine. But we also know that it's fragile. We see it every day in the news. My mother, I haven't gotten to this age yet, but I expect I'm coming up pretty quick. My mother, when she opens the newspaper, what section does she first open it to? The obituaries to find out what friends she's now lost. Now, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still looking at the police blotter first, (laughs) making sure I'm not in there. But pretty soon, that's what I'm going to be looking at, the obituary. Because we know that things can change in an instant. Things can change in a hurry. Now, I I don't say this because I'm trying to use a scare tactic on anybody. It's just a simple acknowledgement of reality. This is something of time, that life is fragile and that life is brief. And so instead of scaring you, let me give you some wisdom from Psalm 90. One simple verse, and it says this. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. What's that saying? Recognize that you do have a limited number of days Use those days wisely. Value those days. And so now let me talk to the young moms and young dads. The ones who've got kids who are still in school. Let me talk to you as one who with life. Value these days. Treasure these days. Recognize the worth of these days for two reasons your child is soon going to grow up and leave now i hope that doesn't set any mothers crying or any dads celebrating (laughs) but it's coming but we also know that tragically in many families and in some families here Today, leave. That child left this earth. Parents who lost their kids before they ever got to see them walk across the high school graduation stage, ever got to walk them down the aisle on their wedding day, ever got to hold that grandchild in their arms. And we need to recognize that. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying this to scare you or depress you, but we need, that's what we're being told. Value these days. Count the days. Count the days. Know they're limited. Know they're numbered. Use them to their fullest so that you don't look back with regret. And I want to say thank you to the church family of Grace Fellowship for growing up. You allowed me the time to spend with my kids. You allowed me to go to ball games. And you allowed me to go to plays. And you allowed me to go to, to, to um, the... Uh, award ceremonies you allow me to do all those things with my kids 
You didn't say, no, 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 you got to put church in the first place. You allowed me to put my kids where they belong and put my wife where they belong and give them a place of priority in my life. And you dads and you moms who are working so much, so hard, listen, I know what you're doing it for. You, don't, you feel like you don't have a choice. You've got to make this money. You've got to put it aside. Value the days. The time that you have, use it wisely because you simply have no idea. Second truth is this. Our plans don't always turn out the way we planned. I thought I'd get an amen on that one. Okay. These business people had a business plan. It involved a certain location. It involved a certain kind of business dealing. And they had something in mind. They were going to make a profit. That was their plan. But James wants to let you know. Your plans may not always work out the way that you planned them. There's the old poem says, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. You don't have to live very long to recognize the Bible. It is very clear that the Apostle Paul took his missionary role very seriously. And he planned out, okay, where are the strategic places we can go? And you can look at Paul's ministry and you can see that he went to very strategic places where trade and travel came together because those were the places where the gospel would go furthest and travel most quickly. And so he had a plan. But Paul's plans didn't always turn out. God God sometimes intervened on those plans. So in Acts chapter 16, we read, they, this included Paul, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word Isia, They attempted to go in Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And here we see Paul's made a plan. He says, okay, this is where I'm going to go. This is a strategic place to go in order to do ministry, in order to spread the gospel and for the gospel to begin to spread throughout the world. So it's a strategic plan. And Jesus said, no, don't want you to go that way. Now, was Jesus being callous towards those people in Bithynia? No. We learned two other things in Scripture. One is that if we go a little further on in Acts, we discover that Paul had a vision for a man from Macedonia, and Paul's faith spread from there. But God didn't leave Bithynia without a witness. Because in 1 Peter chapter 1, we read that the gospel had made it to Bithynia and was spreading there as well. So Paul had, God had a plan for Paul and God had a plan for Bithynia. It just wasn't Paul's plan. And we need to recognize that there are times where God will change our plans when we are going one way and God will change us and send us off in another route. Another example, if you had asked me when I was in high school, Roanoke High School, class of 1980, outside of Robertsonville, North Carolina, a little Martin County, Farming community, high school. Jimmy, do you ever think you'll end up in Greene County, Georgia? I know exactly what I would have told you. Where's that? Where, I, I don't even know where that is. I couldn't see really any further than you know, my graduation date. Am I going off to the University of North Carolina? I really couldn't see any further than that. That's, that's the scope of my vision. But God had a plan. And here I am. I never thought that I'd have the privilege of being able to start a church 
in Greene County, Georgia? That would have blown my mind if you things that God still has in store for me that if he were to tell me now, it would probably blow my mind. I never thought I'd have a chance to go to India. I never thought I'd have a chance to go to Israel. These are things that I never would have put on the, the scope, not, on the, not even in the realm of possibility, and yet God had those in store for me. And there are times where God says, stop, I don't want you to go this way. And then there are times that says, hey, let's change your course. Let's send you a different way. You may not end up in the location where you thought you'd be. And you may not end up in the circumstances that you thought you have. Both the Lord and life have a way of throwing curveballs. Sations, not a conversation, but conversations this past week with people who shared with me the radical change that had taken place in their life, that they were headed one direction, that they had a plan, but because of circumstances, good or bad, it was completely derailed. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you in this room are the people I had conversations with. And even now, some of you are picking up the shattered pieces of hopes and dreams and plans that you've had for years. The business people they were counting on tomorrow. They were counting on next year. They were already counting up the cash. A couple of years back I got a, what I would call a very frantic, panicked phone call from our daughter Jackie. And then I could hear the weeping behind her words, but her first words were, and I asked her what she meant. She says, I can't write my name my hand won't let me write now in our circumstance this may be the worst thing that's happened to us but we're blessed in that sense that it wasn't a long lasting thing but for her get get uh, you know you're going through and then all of a sudden you've got a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis that changes things and all the things that I had on my calendar everything that I had to do that week that's gone. In an instant, blessed that God has, has, has not caused this thing to get any worse than her, and she doesn't have any symptoms now, and for us, we rejoice in that. But some of you, your situation's far different. The loss of someone you love dearly, the loss of your ability to see or, or hear or to control your body the way you think it ought to be controlled, the loss of a job, a career. All these things come into your life, and you know what? The week before, you weren't planning on this. This wasn't on your calendar. You've got your plans. You're going to go to a certain city. You're going to be there for a year. You're going to make a profit, but hang on. Somewhere in your plans, you need to understand that you're really not the one in control. 
Jesus tells a story about a farmer who was quite successful. He planted his fields and it came in with a bumper crop. And he looked at all that was coming in and he looked at his barns and he said, my goodness, I don't have any place to put all this stuff. What am I going to do? He said, well, I know what I'll do. And he sat down and he wrote a business plan. So I'm going to tear down all these barns that I've got. They were old anyway. And I'm going to build some newer. And then I'm going to put all my stuff in there. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. That's going to be my life. That's what I'm going to do with my life. And Jesus said, God said to him, you fool. Do you know that this very night, you're going to die. All the plans you've made, all the things you've done, this very night, it's over for you. You know what? That was not in his plans. That was not in his business plan. He thought he had everything under control until the day he didn't. And we should plan. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a to-do list. We should have a to-do list. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a calendar. We should have a calendar. But I think what I need to do on my calendar, and maybe some of you need to do on your calendar is once you've got all those days filled in and all those schedules and all those appointments and all those things, once you've got all that thing put in, then take a big red Sharpie marker and write across it all, T-B-D, to be determined. Because everything you put on that calendar in an instant could all change. All that you thought was so important for that week may mean absolutely nothing to you in light of what may happen tomorrow, tonight, this afternoon. James says, listen, I'm not telling you not to make plans, but you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this and that. Now, he's not saying, hey, these are magical words, like in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. Okay, if I say that, then that gets me what I want. If the Lord wills, it's not a magical set of words. It's not a magical phrase. You are not the captain of your own ship. You are not the master of your own destiny. And here's what I want to tell all of you, whether you're moms or dads or kids or grandparents or or you've never had kids, here's what I want to share with you. I have no idea what the future holds. Now, I have plans, and I have dreams, but I have no idea what the future holds. But I do know and trust the one who holds the future. And that's what We have a Father who loves us, who is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. A Father who holds us in His hand and holds us in His heart. A Father who wants to guide us and lead us and care for us and encourage us and meet our needs. And we're called to trust that Father. You're called to trust that Father. So, 
the calendar that I keep on my little iPad? God, I've got my plans. But you're the Lord of my calendar. You're the Lord of my to-do list. You're the Lord of my hopes and dreams. You're the Lord of my retirement. You're the Lord of this day. And you're the Lord of my life. Wherever it is you want to lead me, I'll go. Whoever it is that you want to put in my life that I need to encourage or, or correct, I'll be here. Whatever it is you want me to do, put a TBD to be determined. Give God the option in your life to change your plans. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this word. It is challenging and it is encouraging. And Lord, as we come today, we thank you that we can trust you. And Lord, I, I pray for those who are here right now who are struggling with that element of trust, who are going through something really, really hard. And even though they, they know, they know in their minds they can trust you. Sometimes it's so hard day in and day out that you would fill them with a hope and a confidence in you, not in the circumstances of life. Lord, I pray for those who don't have that trust because they've never entered into a relationship with you. They've never understood you as the God who loves them enough to send his son to die on a cross to pay the price for their sins. And Lord, today, because of the work of your Holy Spirit, they're under deep conviction that they don't have this relationship with you, but they desperately want it. Lord, I pray that they would not leave this place until they come to know you as Father and Jesus as Savior. Lord, I pray for those who take the reins into their own hands, but who today recognize that they've simply taken your place, kicked you off the throne and enthroned themselves. And Lord, there's confession and repentance that needs to take place in their lives. And Lord, for those who need a church home, a place to come and to be challenged and encouraged, a place to come and to, to be loved and to love, to be served and to serve, and to belong so that they can become. Lord, I pray that if you're calling those to come and be part of the life of your church, that you just leave them. Lord, whatever it is that you want us to be across our plans, and we'll let you determine what they are. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.